are back a little bit later in the week. How are you, me old mate Mick? I am good there, Trent, mate. Yeah, a little bit later and um, look, probably for the best after the last 24, 48 hours of this week with a couple of little bombshells in the AFL world, wouldn't you say? Well, finally it kind of goes our way because normally when we wait a bit, then nothing happens and then we do it early and then Buckley gets sacked or like it's happened to us so many times where we've pulled the trigger earlier and thought, oh, surely not, not much seems to be on the boil and then... All hell breaks loose, so um, we're obviously referring to the the Hocking uh, resignation and going on to Geelong, but obviously even more so with with Clarko now and Hawthorne's hand being uh, pushed a little bit in terms of getting uh, their man Mitchell in as the next coach, which we'll get into. But we'll tackle those, I think, two topics first and then then get into the previous round and and then chat about the next because there were some pretty interesting results out of last round and and, and next round's going to keep shaping it even further. But uh, big thanks to our sponsors at Hopstone. Got a fresh pack today, actually, hopstone.com.au, landed on the doorstep. Uh, cleanly delivered, uh, no contact left yeah, on the doorstep. I got home from work. Nice. Uh, I haven't opened it yet. It only came through a couple of hours ago. But um, hopstone.com to use a, a craft beer delivery service. Great way to drink fresh, delicious craft beer. They collect cans from across Australia and pack them into packs of 10 or 20 and then you can get $25 off your first pack with the promo code AFL Deep Dive is a great way to drink fresh craft beer and at that price point I mean you're, you're paying you know way less than you'd be paying for mass market beer and yeah, that's uh, it. yeah they've got an amazing selection yeah and once again this is the third month in a row for me now there's been some stuff in there that I've never heard of as in the, the, yeah. the, the breweries so yeah some good selections they're looking forward to getting into them um, and that's the beauty about it. Uh, a friend of mine asked, how do you find all these beers? And I go, sponsor of our podcast, they send packs. I don't have to think about it. It just arrives once a month and it's, uh, and it's a nice little surprise. It's Christmas every month. It does make it easier. I mean, it does, mm. honestly, like, because you think, well, hang on, I can't be bothered going to the bottle yeah. shop. It's one less thing to do um, if you're wanting to try a bunch of new beers. And, and 10, tw- 20 is not, you know, it's not too excessive, you know, if you're having across a whole month, you know, a beer every, you know, a couple of nights. It's a really nice way to drink fresh, delicious craft beer. Um, so let's, well, let's, let's do the Hocking thing. I mean, this is not as big of a news. It's still big news because, like, obviously, like, he's been pretty, um, uh, I guess, well, certainly influential, but he's certainly changed a lot in the game. And to be honest, the most interesting thing really now is not that he's gone. It's more what happens now, whether the AFL kind of retract any of those things that he's changed or whether they add more to it or who's the next person. A lot of people think it's Brad Scott, but yeah, you know, does, does this person add to it or remove from it? I mean, that that's by far, it's not, but the story for me is not about him gone. Who cares that he's gone? Well, I guess a lot of fans are pretty happy he's gone, but I guess what, what, what do you think about this whole story? Yeah. Uh, look, it, is it a job anyone really wants? I mean, right. you, you have to have the thickest of thick skins. I don't think anyone who's held this, this role or, or, or a similar role with a different name in uh, previously to hockey has been much uh, liked or, or, or applauded by the AFL community. Um, I'm, I'm really surprised that he's not seeing out the year. That, that He's he's at Geelong as of tomorrow. Like that just, that baffles me no end. I, again, um, Bush League here, AFL just going, oh, yeah, just one of the main guys that, 
of the of the of the competition who has a, a fair bit to say about what goes on. Yeah, you go back to Geelong, go for it. You can you can leave tomorrow. Go for it. Don't care. We'll 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 just make do. We've made do for this year anyway. So yeah, understand it. Um, and yeah, like you just said, on how much of it um, of what he implemented is going to stick. Um, does a new person come in and uh, wipe the slate clean? If it is someone like Brad Scott, I'd be happy for that because he was a player. I mean, so was Hocking, but he played in a very different generation. Um, and, and Scott being obviously a more recent coach will bring a, a better understanding of the modern game to that role. Yeah, I mean, it's such a it's such a hard one because. You know he's well. I mean, what, what? Like he's obviously brought in. I mean, look, the the elephant in the room is that he's obviously brought in. You know, the the man on the mark rule. He's brought in six six six. Like he has made some pretty fundamental changes to the game, and some of those have been good, and some of those have been very bad. So I heard you know Lepich talk on radio in the last few days. I'm not sure. He's actually quite good on radio. Um, on SEN, and he was saying that the 666 rule has really taken, it's really, I hadn't really thought about it like this. Well, I guess we can't, we've kind of discussed this a little bit, but probably not in terms of more from a, a tactical perspective, obviously coming from him as a coach. But you know, he was saying, he's like, well, the problem with the 666 is that while it frees things up in theory and it kind of evens things out, the some of the strategy is just simply gone because it, it's not then about like how well the coaching group and the leaders on field can structure up that stoppage. And it's not about like how quickly then they can, and and this is the angle I hadn't really thought of in terms of like how quickly can the elite teams identify a plus one or a minus one either way, whether it's, you know, offensively or defensively coming out of, out of a stoppage. And that's, it's interesting. I hadn't really kind of thought about it like that because obviously like, well, yeah, he's right because Prior to that rule, there was a lot more strategy to it because, it, and it was based upon you know skill and the ability of those really good teams to to you know entertain what's going on. It's it's the Selwood noticing that you know Mitchell's bleeding to get him off the field late in in, in a Hawthorne game. It's it's those little yeah. tiny things that make the difference. And, and 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 it's not just about oh, it's not just as simple as oh, well, there's there's a you know a mismatch there or. You know that that one-on-one is is to our advantage or whatever. It, it's it's more than that. It's more about you know where that minus one and plus one sits and in relation to how this stoppage is going to look. So I think he was saying it takes away from a lot. Of, I think the exact words he used. I might be putting words in his mouth, but this is how I remember it. Is that he was saying that it essentially takes the mechanics away from the stoppage, and that's really interesting. I, I think that's that's. I was like, yeah, I hadn't really kind of considered that to that level, right? Yeah. So that's the thing, and, and that and that kind of like shone a bit of a light on on because they must it was just a clip I saw on Twitter, but they must have been discussing kind of a broader topics around some of the stuff that's come in with Hawking. But it is interesting because I think some of the things that have come in have have not been good for the league. So it's going to be very interesting to see what what you know what gets pulled backwards. Um, I kind of I mean I, to answer your question, I, I agree with you. It does seem very strange mid year. I mean. I did hear the argument that, well, you know, Geelong, this Geelong job has come up once in the last 20 years, and I, I get that, but it does seem, you know, unorganised and uh, messy, clearly, to do it mid-year. It seems bush-like, as, as you say. So it, it, it is. It just it seems amateur. So I, I don't know. That, that's very strange. But 
yeah, the story is not him leaving. I mean, I think there was rumours for a long time that he would be the next person there at Geelong. I think a lot of people had said that it's highly likely that he would leave the role. Um, that had been floating around for quite a while, that it's pretty likely in the next few years he was going to leave the role and, and go back to Geelong and, and assume that role. But I certainly didn't think it would be literally only a bit over halfway through a season. Um, it seems strange. But anyway... Um, I guess anything else about that? I mean, obviously, we'll, we'll talk more about it as we know more who gets into the role. But that that's the intrigue for me is that what do they do and who comes in? I, I agree with you. I think I think Brad Scott could be an interesting person because the rumor is he doesn't want to he doesn't want any of these vacant coaching roles that are currently available. He'd be, he'd be the problem as well is like Chris Scott kind of alluded to this as well. His brother, obviously, in that like he's earning probably not that far off what a coach would, and he has no stress. <laughs> And no media scrutiny, no press conferences, no media pressure, nothing. So why, why, like, if you're him... Yeah, why go back into the cauldron? Why would he possibly do that? Exactly. And he's not a Clarko that can command two-plus million dollars. Like, he, he's not going to get anywhere near that kind of money. So for these jobs, so the reality is if you're Brad Scott, why would you... Why would you bother? So yeah, I, I think I think I can't see him going into one of those roles. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think that's unlikely. Especially... Obviously, he was at North Melbourne for a number of years, and people keep forgetting. Played five or six years of finals in a row, made consecutive prelims, and yes, that can look like you've underachieved. You should have at least got one of those to a grand final, but better than many other coaches out there. Yeah. Why, again, any any coaching gig, gig's going to be stressful. Well, I go to either of the two clubs that not only have, are they failing on field, massively failing off field in Collingwood and Carlton. Like why would you yeah. put yourself in, in the the the, the um, devil's furnace? Like seriously, it, it couldn't get it. Those two jobs need to go to a very particular type of person. I, I think a Clarko would manage it very well. Yeah, um, and, and a Ross Lyon would manage it very well because right. they've been around for such an extensive period of time and coaching has been I guess something they've looked at doing even during their playing days. That they, they, they was always their goal. You can sort of see that, or or Choco, he'd be, Choco Williams would be another one that yeah. would be able to handle that and 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 stand stand their ground against the administration when they and the pressure as well, the media, yeah, that type of stuff. So yeah, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting um, to see, but yeah, definitely, um, yeah, I'm not surprised that he's gone. Just the timing uh, more than anything in hockey. As a quick side note, I do think the Carlton job is a poison chalice because I think that not about the the, the pressure is obviously high and you know the members are, and and fans are obviously very angry. It's, it's a long time for them not to be succeeding and all that side of it. But the biggest problem is I I, I obviously don't have vision on on Carlton's books and I can't see their internal um, workings. But I can add numbers up and I I cannot see how their back of house can be in, in great order, put it that way. I, 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 I can't see how that's physically possible when you've got Williams, Saad on hectic money and then they've signed up um, Crips on a long-term deal but then on, on you know shorter money but still pretty good money and then you know, McKay on that smaller deal but still good money and so on and so forth. it's just it just doesn't add up how how if they're on all that money which we assume is let's say it's 10 percent the other way whatever plus or minus regardless it's pretty accurate so 
there's Everybody no else accountants on chicken feed. It's it's like it's to be honest, it's like the West Coast numbers, which we've ran a few times, where oh. we're like, you know, Elliot Yo must be on ten bucks an hour. Like, how is it, how is it physically possible that anyway? But then I think I think they have a lot of role players that are on like two two fifty ish. It's the only way it could possibly work. But anyway, that's a that's a. But they're also such a wealthy club, you know. They just oh that suitcase. That suitcase they, just fell into your boot. Bags. I don't know. Yeah. What's it doing in the boot? I don't know. But That's it. Remember, old, old, old Preston, he, was, uh, he ran busy, mate. He got lots of cardboard and paper. So, Well, that was the shoddiest thing. But anyway, that, yeah. that, that we've, we've, we've probably gone over at some point in, in nearly 200 episodes. But I think, um, yeah, well, that was obviously as dodgy as it comes. There's no way the AFL should have allowed that. But anyway, that aside, I think I think the Carlton role in the next few years would, would be a pretty bumpy ride. I do think the Collingwood role is is appealing because I, I agree that on field it's, it's looking sketchy. Um, they're very... Mm, mid-generational call it that in that like they've got a few different generations and none of them quite link and it definitely doesn't look like a premiership side and in any respect but in terms of like even building one because there's just too many gaps between those generations and i'm not confident they're linking at all and they have to link to win flags and um but it's a they're a big wealthy club some of the best facilities they're, they're very good off field and then the top two or three clubs so that's appealing um, you would never have to worry about that side of the business at all. So um, it'd be purely just, you know, trying to get that together. But I think their books must be not quite as bad as Carlton. I, think, I actually think Carlton's, and it's funny because of all the the salary cap burn they obviously had to do last year with Collingwood, but I actually think Carlton are in, in a worse position. But anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll find out in due course. But And then obviously, of course, let's get into the next... Um, uh, bearing the lead a little bit with um, Clarkson. So, obviously, Hawthorne announced uh, this week that uh, Clarkson would be finishing uh, at the end of the year instead of um, seeing his contract into next year. He's free to coach anywhere else, and then Sam Mitchell would take over. Yeah, yeah it's his decision. He's, he's contracted, decision. Yeah. so he wants to stay, um, and everyone else well, has that conversation. They're happy for him to stay, but... It does open the doors way more yeah. for him to finish this year and uh, head off somewhere else. Um, yeah, it was interesting. It was, it was it's, it's the most open outside of football conversation I've ever heard Clarko talk about with how much he's had to sacrifice other priorities in his life to fully focus on football and it might be time for a year off to, to, to put some more time into that. So who knows? Who knows? I know he's a family man. Um, but that's about it. Uh, outside of football, he's 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 quite the uh, um, the ghost. Yeah, well, he's got his farm down in Mornington. He goes down and does his thing. But I, I think he's um, look. I, I can't I can't see him at Hawthorne next year. I think um, there'll be a clean cut. I, I just can't see how the succession plans almost never work. I mean, to be honest, the only time I can think of it possibly working and. The Essendon players admitted the recent thing with Worsfold and, and Rutten was 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 no good. Um, I mean, the only time I can really think of it is Ruse to Longmire. To be honest, is really the only time I can think of more recently where it's been a successful um, handover. Like, I mean, the Collingwood thing was a disaster, obviously, famously, but um, it would. I mean, it, yeah, it, it's initially it was initially messy, but it worked as far as keeping Collingwood. It was the right idea? As a football, yeah, as a football club. Uh, yeah, so I guess it's, it's how you look at it, and um, the, yeah, they're the only two of, of modern. I'm trying to think of other ones. I mean, 
Basically, I'm, I'm really in shock at Hawthorne going down this path, to be honest, because they were always getting ex-players that coaching and the reason they got Clarko in was to change that to, to see if it would bring success and it did and six, I don't know 16, 17 years 18 years but to go back to bringing in an ex-player I'm not sure I, I'm not sure I'm not sure I'm happy happy about it being an awesome supporter as much as I love um, Sam as a player and he's doing obviously doing a fantastic job at Box Hill AFL senior coaching is completely different he's he, he, yeah I don't know so do you? Well, he, I'll ask you a few questions because obviously you're you're the Hawthorne guy here. But what what do you do? You think it's a mistake? Do you think he? I mean, obviously time will tell. Obviously, but your gut feel right now. Do you think it's a mistake? Do you think it it, it would have been better to have allowed Clarko to build again? Yeah, which makes me think that Clarko and Kenneth already having discussions well before the Collingwood bust up about whether he was going to see another contract after next year. And we, we know those two um, obviously don't hold back with their opinions about this type of stuff, so it would have been a candid conversation. And I just wonder whether what's happened this year, especially with Buckley stepping down, has just pushed that agenda just um, forward a number of months. Um, whether there's no other options out there that, um, the board and, and, and can, can see that would be a clear um, changeover when Clarko retired and that's why they've gone with, with, with Sam just to, to keep him in at Hawthorne. I'm not sure. I, I, and I'm speculating. I'm just going on. Um, Schwab was, was a horrible coach. Peter Knights was a horrible coach. Um, and that were the last couple of Hawthorne players that tried to coach Hawthorne and did horribly. They were both great players too. So yeah, time time will tell. Um, and it'll take years now for Hawthorne to challenge again. Not because of personnel, but Tim was younger than me. Uh, um, he's younger than Sean Burgoyne. He is, so, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I struggle with um, whether that that can affect players when you, I mean, had his body held up and he had the the desire, Sam Mitchell could probably still be running around on an AFL football field, to be honest. So, well, do you think yeah. Clarko was younger than Sam Mitchell when he started? But I mean, I guess he's he's Clarko. That's a it's a bit of a different. He became Clarko. He wasn't Clarko then. Spent many yeah. many years at Port Adelaide before that. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, um, yeah, a different club. If Sam Mitchell was going to Collingwood, I wouldn't have care that Scott Penelbury, if Scott Penelbury was older than he, I know he's not. Um, it's more that he's playing, that they're people he's played with. So, yeah, inter- interesting. Um, I, I hope, I'm like you, I, I don't think Clarko will be there next year, but I hope he is because I think it'll be a smoother transition if he stays and can just be that guide for Sam and Sam can just be in his ear all the time, not like Worsfold and Rutten. Obviously, someone, someone takes the clear reins still and it's either Sam, you, this is your um, your probationary period for, for, for the year um, and Clarko works as a mentor, but yeah. it's, it's all about Mitchell. We'll know, we'll know when we, we when Hawthorne go to the trading and drafting, you'll be very clear about Whether who's right. running calling the shots then, if that's the case. So as long as that happens, I think, I think um, the beauty is Hawthorne have got a lot of modern 
history to work with and, and how to play this out. So hopefully they, they make the right calls. Do you think Hawthorne blinked Collingwood? Do you think they did a Nathan Buckley North Melbourne? So obviously famously with the six, ironically now with the succession plan with Collingwood, hopefully it doesn't end up like that. For the for the next few, I know eventually it, it sort of works, but um, well, I still think Mick might would have been in contention for the next few years, and we'll never know. But it doesn't matter now. But the point is, though, um, Collingwood were aware that North Melbourne had offered Buckley a, a coaching role, and he yeah. uh, they obviously well Buckley had said, if you don't offer me a role, I'm I'm going to take it because I want to see a new coach. And they don't the jobs at that point. There was a bit of a, a gap. There weren't that many jobs that had come up, so. He was going to take that role, which, I mean, in retrospect, North would be shitting the bed a bit now that they didn't, you know, at least... I know Brad Scott ended up getting them very close, but Buckley's a pretty good coach. So, I mean, the ironically, well, not more irony is that if North Melbourne were still after a coach, they'd probably go for Buckley right now. But um, they, they blinked Collingwood, and then in the end, they, they kept Buckley, and, you know, you can... He was obviously a kick off a grand off a, a grand final win. So, um, yeah. but but like, did, I guess, do you think that they blinked with Collingwood, or do you just think it's it doesn't matter? Well, so I mean, it's it's we'll, we'll know eventually. But, yeah, yeah. But to to that point, this we probably will never know. And I hope they have at least made that call to Nathan Buckley to see if he'd be interested in coaching like a Hawthorne. Because I've had a conversation with another number of my uh, Hawthorne mates, and they. All agree, and myself included, that if Clyco has to step down and we could get bucks, that would be perfect. Well, you said this like yeah. in an episode recently. Yeah, he'd be great. He, he's he's young enough. Um, he's come from one of the biggest clubs, so he, handling Hawthorne media scrutiny, which is nothing compared to Collingwood, yeah. uh, would be a, a walk in the park. He, he he's a player's coach, uh, which I think the young call at Hawthorne would really, really appreciate. Um, yeah, it would have been a good fix. I just hope that com- that call had a, has been made and they haven't just rushed into it just for the sake of, like you said, blinking and wanting to keep Sam at the club just for the sake of keeping him at the club. My guess, and I'm, I am guessing, but my guess is that Nathan Buckley has turned down probably multiple coaching interviews and or offers already at this point. And whether that's Hawthorne or not, I don't know. But I think he's already turned them down. And the reason I think he's turned them down is he has time on his side. He's not an old guy. He's got lots of experience. He's a student of the game. He could easily flip back into coaching after being out of it for a year or so. Um, You know, Ross Lyon's been out of it for multiple years and everyone's frothing over him to go into a role. I'm not saying he's quite at that echelon, but uh, he's not that far behind. He's got the same, same, not as many grand final losses, but the same similar results to some degree. So I think, you know, Nathan Buckley being an extremely good media performer, uh, if not the best, um, or one sort of top two or three probably ever really in terms of coaches, Absolutely. I, I would say his offers in the media would be so high that it simply wouldn't, because his value is so high right now for those kind of jobs, it simply wouldn't be worth him taking a coaching role right now. So yeah. I think I think going to Carlton, the optics of that is pretty. The arch enemy is pretty poor. Um, I think he'd be thinking uh, like, you know, do I want to go into straight like directly only like six months later, right into a Hawthorne? Probably not. 
Like it's, a, it's still a big club. Like I, I reckon he'll do all of 2022 in the press, and I think he'll be big figure at a Channel Seven or Fox. One of them will, will offer him huge money. He'll he'll he earn you know eight nine hundred thousand comfortably from one of those big people, and then he'll get serious money again from a Triple M or SEN or one of these guys, and he could easily package together two or three media deals for a million and yeah. and, and and the rest. So. Why would he possibly... He, the, the thing about him, he's so good in that he's one of the few people that can simply earn more in the media than coaching. And that's that's when it starts to become quite interesting is that like somebody like... Not that Jonathan Brown's a coach, but my point is that him with um, his um, FM radio deals and then Fox and all the things he does... He probably earns not that far off a million bucks a year. And he's, I know coaching is obviously not his shtick, but the point is like he's going to earn, you know, he, he earns well over what he could earn as an assistant coach or even as a, most head coaches don't earn that much more than, than that anyway. So Buckley's in a very unique position that minimum for the next 10 years, really, he's going to, if not longer, he's going to earn significant money. So it's just simply not worth it. I don't reckon for him. But anyway, that's that's a whole separate thing. But I, I think Den Buckley, he knows there's more coaching jobs that'll come up. The other things will come up. It always does. Every three or four years, there's big cycles. So maybe 23, 24, I reckon another club comes up. You know, I think it, he's, I still think he stays. The other, well, the other thing too is if he rides it out over the next four or five years, he's still going to be in demand given how well he'll come across in the media. He's, he's, he's tactical... Uh, information and because he'll do special comments obviously and he'll come across so intelligent which which he is about the game and um he's one of those very yeah and that's exactly it and that if that job comes up but the big problem is he doesn't want to leave melbourne right now with his kids but my what i what i'm saying is if he rides it out for the next few years earns serious money in the media then all of a sudden his kids have finished school you know would they be interested in living on the Gold Coast part-time? Who, who knows? That's a whole separate thing. But the point is then that starts to open things up a bit. And I still think like if a St Kilda or something like that came up, I don't. I think that would be pretty interesting with, with Buckley. But anyway, um, but yeah, look, I, I, Clarko, ironically, I, and then getting into Clarko, I think he's an incredible media performer as well. So he's also another one that maybe he does do a year. So he, he's another one that will have currency for... Ever. People will bang on Clarko's door when he's 80 years old. Like he, He's Lee Matthew-esque. He is. And that's that exactly sense. it. People will 100%. He, he, is, he has virtually endless currency. Like I know we, you know, we've joked in the past with like, you know, when coaching jobs come up and we're like, oh, what about rubber walls or Pagan? And obviously we're joking. But like jokes aside, like he is someone that he will literally have currency as a coach for like 20 years. Yeah. Like, which is which is an incredible position to be in. So he could easily go and work in the media, pretty stress-free, leave and then enjoy his family hours and earn... I mean, he could write his own check, similar to Buckley. He could basically... Like, it's not about them offering him money. It's him saying, well, you need to pay me X. Like, his mm. managers would be, be laughing with, with the, the offers that oh, would be coming it. in. Yeah. So I think he's also an outstanding media performer and imagine him as special comments on Channel 7 in games like would be incredible listening. It would, would be fascinating and um, everyone universally respects him, which is a very rare thing as well. Like there's always, you know, someone that's like, oh, screw this guy. But so 
questions here. Yeah. It's, a, uh, it's more on the light-hearted side because um, there's lots of uh, obviously good radio broadcasting stations. Yeah. Where's, where's Clarko, mate? Is he, is he ABC Grandstand or is he uh, with the Triple M boys being a, a clown or, or is he somewhere in between? I think he's somewhere in between. I think he's a, SEN. I think he's an SCN operator. Yeah, I reckon. Yeah. I reckon they've already written a pretty big check for him. I, I would say. <laughs> I think. I think Hutchie's pretty. Um, oh yeah, him and Hutchie would be great together. He, well, Hutchie's very obsessed with with Clarko, so I dare say the second uh, that that was the possibility, he would have um, been pretty quickly on the phone to his manager and said, "Look, here's a checkbook. I'm mailing you a checkbook. You write down the numbers." So, do you think there's any chance that he does a, a, a double header type? Scenario uh, with Damien Barrett. No, I, don't, I think that might be off the cards. <laughs> those two. Uh, I, I think there's. I think there's some respect, but yeah, that, you know, yeah. Wife. I think there's um, professional respect between the two, but I don't think they like each other. No, I, I think that's that's definitely true. But I, I think Clarko's a you know Clarko's an assassin and, and good on him. But look, I, yeah, it's yeah. a fascinating scenario. Like he's best coach I've seen in, in my lifetime. I'm 35 years old, and I think he's well and truly the best I've seen. So. Um, you know, obviously saw, you know, Pagan, saw a lot of these guys in the 90s, but yeah. I think he's the best. From a tactician perspective, I think he got as much out of the rules and, and his playing list of any coach um, that I've seen, as good as Lee Matthews was, I think. And again, you and I have mentioned this um, many times. That Brisbane Lions team of all the dynasties of the modern era probably had the best list. To, to work with. I think any decent coach could have got them multiple yeah. flags during that era. Um, 2008, that's the grand finals for me. He's Paco's masterpiece, even though it was his first one. He, he, he came up against the biggest juggernaut in, in Geelong and somehow managed to pull off the biggest Luke ever. Well, it's a highway robbery. That that game, yeah. when you watch it again, he he, it's it's a train robbery. Like he literally just steals the goal gradually. I think it's a. It's I like find he, I find it like Lee Matthews is is I would say probably the best player of all time. But I do find it and football person, he probably is the goat because he's got you no. Know, there's no. It's like you know Phil Jackson has won. You know also he's also got multiple. You know he's got four four rings as a player as well. Do you know what I mean? Like that that would be the only equivalent. But I think it, it's in world sport. It's absurd that someone can have four titles as call them as a broader sense across all sports. Yeah. Um, in terms of like team sports, obviously not like Grand Slams or something like that, but like team sport, and then on top of it have been you know gotten four as well as a coach is. He's a joke. Like he's he's then he's he's easily above Clarko. But purely talking coach, I find it hard to compare them. But um, yeah, I think. Oh no, that's all. Oh, no, sorry, I, I obviously wasn't clear. No, no, that's what I'm saying. Clarko's teams weren't as good as Lee Matthews. That's what I'm saying. No, no, no I agree with you. No, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, no, absolutely. I, yeah. No, not comparing them as coach. No, Lee Matthews was a very good coach, but that yeah, outstanding coach. Good. Yeah, but I think you're right. I think. Clarko probably no, I'm, I'm with you. As in, I think yeah. Clarko weaved the magic pretty amazingly in '08. Um, won one well early, and then whereas um, yeah, I think anyway, it's it's a it's a long conversation. But um, 
right so, up there. He's not the best. He's in the top three that I've seen. Yeah, I think he, it, it's he and Matthews are, are the clear, obvious coaches as great as that Brisbane team was. Obviously, he's still coaching them and, and got them up every year. And, you know, they were they're in four grand finals, which Parker was able to do as well. And um, 2016, they were pretty close to a grand final again as well. And then obviously, very long, sustained success with Hawthorne too, with, you know, 20... 12 obviously losing, but then even everyone always forgets 2011, you know. Buddy kicks that ridiculous goal late, you know. If there's yeah, a if it, ball, yeah. It's still one of the best goals I've ever hard. seen. And then, and then there's, a, like, who knows, a bit of wind and that game changes. And then all of a sudden it's it's um, it's well, it's, uh, it's a long Hawthorne grand final. So, I mean, again, so the reality is it's, it, you know, sometimes that's just that's just how it happens. A little bit, a little bit of luck. Um, you need luck for those things, but anyway. Um, so Clarko, yeah, look, it's going to be fascinating to see what happens. But I, I personally think he won't be there next year. But um, I think that's fair. I think it's. Remo- I think given what's happened, it's removed the moral obligation to stay. To be honest, I yeah. think. Uh, I think it's opened the door. But yeah, which which job does he take? Well, I, and and there'd be a lot of coaches that would be sitting pretty nervous now in in um, Stuart Jew and David T because there's no way. There's no way. Um, those clubs won't pull the trigger if Clarkson says that he's interested. Um, yeah, no, no way. Like they're, they're both cooked. And then, so just to run a little bit over briefly into round uh, sixteen. So there was that complete capitulation, like joke effort from 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 Richmond. I mean, I, I, where, I mean, oh, what what is going on? Like, where where is this team even at? Like. They were so piss poor. I mean, like the Suns actually weren't that good. They were okay. Like Two Miller was fantastic, and um, you know King was pretty good. And like you know, there there were pieces that were good. But you know, if you looked at this, you'd think you, you know someone you showed someone from two thousand and nineteen, went back in time, you showed them this result, and you're like, wow, the Suns played out of their skin. They, they were good, but but Richmond were were a disgrace. And they, just, they look gassed. They they look like exhausted. Yeah. And that, it's one season too long now for them yeah. to, to, to get back up. They, they, they need a break. I mean, Jack Rewell, super competitive player, still has a kicky 700s goal. He, he, yeah. This is the guy that would want to do that. And funnily enough now, um, he, he gets a chance to kick his 700s goal in his 300th game, uh, which is a side note. But this is a guy that would have loved to have kicked it two or three weeks ago. And he did have those opportunities, but he's missing them. And it's yeah. just... Kind of unheard of, um, but yeah, I just it, we've said it lots of times, and we've seen it lots of times now. These teams that go season after season after season, playing deep, getting to grand finals and the prelims, and trying to back up, it's just tough on the board. There's just not enough break, and then obviously last year was a compromised season, shorter break, all that type of stuff. People go, oh, but they're shorter games again, but they still had to get up and play week in week play. out. Right through back to back um, and repeated back to backs. Yeah, yeah living different quarters and all that type of stuff. It's a whole different mind game. Um, really surprised. Not not so surprised that it's happening. I'm more surprised that how steep the cliff is in the last two three weeks. It, it's 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 not a gradual. Uh, they're fading late in the game. They're just not playing good right from the get go. Every element of Richmond's game is broken. I, I, that's the only. I, I, I don't even know where to start. Like virtually every element is is bad. They look horrible at a stoppage. They look unorganised at clearance. They look ineffective going forward. Their runoff halfback is poor. Uh, their veterans are making stacks of errors. Their kids don't look confident. I mean, literally every single element is broken. And I, I just I, like I know I know that 
you know, the end comes fast, but like, wow, the end comes fast on a Thursday night against the Suns in a half-empty stadium, um, you know, against the Suns in, in at yeah. their home game in Melbourne. It seems pretty, um, pretty, yeah, pretty no good, but wow. So th- there was that, and then obviously the, the Cats got over... Um, Essendon by 41 points. Not not much to take out of that game. I mean, Geelong, a um, bit slow to start, but then, you know, really sort of started to uh, flex the muscles. The, the big story, obviously, was um, uh, was Cameron in terms of the the hamstring. But it, it sounds like, it, I mean, he'll be back for finals. I mean, but the biggest concern, though, is that it's the third time he's done it. So that's obviously not great. But, I mean, Essendon, you know, they're a young side. They're going to have these weeks where they just simply don't have it. Um, and then, look... The Giants took the against Melbourne. Took wow. the Melbourne have really slowed down. I mean, I, it's it's starting to become a concern. I know we, we said, oh look, they'll be fine, they'll be fine. But there's been a bunch of these games now where they just shouldn't have lost, and they shouldn't have lost this game. But Giants yeah, took, to took the like chance late. Is another year or two off flag a flag? Like they're, they're up and about, but haven't had that experience of how long a season is going into finals, and they've probably peaked a bit to. Early. Yeah, I think so. They just don't look ready for it. Yeah, so it's no. it's such a such a hard one. But uh, it, it'll be look. It's so hard to can't draw the bell on it yet. But yeah, it's not. It's no, not looking look, great. I, I think they've got top four um, sewn up. It's just whether they can um, get their mojo back and hold on to that top two position. Yeah, it's um, whether they can refresh with the dogs in Brisbane playing some really really good football. It's That's whether they can. Up. 100%. It's whether they can refresh after the home and away leading into finals. Yep. But, yeah, look, Richmond lost, then then the Giants obviously took that chalice. Now Richmond back to ninth, and, you know, good luck to them. Maybe, maybe this eight is what we're going to see. Um, I think I think West Coast are cooked. I reckon West Coast are coming out and maybe Richmond come back in. But, um, interesting. anyway, interesting. And then uh, this, I mean, 52 points, Brisbane over Adelaide. I this was actually a lot closer game than this. It seems like you know how can a fifty-two point loss be a close game? But they actually was pretty tight. Adelaide were in the game quite a lot. They just don't have the weapons. But um, Brisbane keep yeah. pulling away, and yeah, look, the Brisbane are you know they're, they're the I think they're, they're really tra- well they are like you could see a Brisbane Dogs grand final. I could definitely oh, see absolutely. that happening. Oh, that, that that'd be fantastic. And um, yeah, and again we've said this a number of times this season, Adelaide have got a really good young list. They just don't have that polish and, and, and that top-end talent to, to go with these teams. Yeah. So, yeah, like, I didn't see a lot of this game. Uh, saw some highlights. And it looked competitive. So as, if you're an Adelaide supporter, you're not going to be disappointed getting done by probably the second-best team in the comp at the moment by that margin when you, you basically at the, at the start of a rebuild. Last year was a train wreck and they're just putting pieces back to the Together now, um, they look good. I think if they can keep their their core, they'll they'll be they'll be back back up, uh, being competitive in the next year or so. And then Frio shut the bed against um, oh, against the Blues. Be... Well, the Blues, like you'd think, oh, that finally they they won a couple in a row. But I mean, that they, they, they absolutely were lucky that Frio choked beyond belief oh, at the end. And... Choke, choke, will want a high draft pick so they can top up because they know they're losing a gun midfielder this year. Well, they, they blew the game. And that's the thing that's amazing. Like, I, I just can't believe, like, to see a team just blow a game like this and a yeah. season like this, really. I mean, Frio is the is the lost team of the eight. Like, they've just blown so many games. And it's 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 sad for um for their fans because, like, the amount of times they've just completely destroyed themselves is, um yeah, it's, it's, it's masochistic. It's pretty um, worrying. Yeah, but Carlton, you can't read anything into that. Like, Freo should have won by 20, 30 points. And then, yeah. um, 
an embarrassing game on on oh. the Saturday night uh, for her, the Hawthorne Football Club. Oh, mate, silky. Honours. Apologise on behalf of all Hawthorne players. Well, at one, I mean, so like, just so it's like, if you didn't see this game, it was one goal five to half time. I mean, like this to eight goals five. So at half time, unwatchable. It was the worst you've ever seen. And I think unless you're a hardcore port supporter, it was a piece of shit. But the reality is, you'd have to be pretty. Um, this was very embarrassing for yeah. the club and to honour um, such a great player. They honoured. Silk with one goal five to half time. I mean, that's uh, beyond disgraceful. So, what do you say? I mean, this was a joke. Uh, I say, let's look at the games on Sunday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, look, uh, yeah, yeah. It's uh, just, um, it's the, 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 the game's dead now. Just let it rest in peace, never to be spoken about again. One, one of the, the, the lesser shining lights of a uh, very uh, storied Hawthorne history. Like, I don't think this game is going to be brought up um, too many times when uh, reunions and things happen. Um, yeah. yeah, I think the less we talk about it, the better. We were texting during the game, and I was like, "Is this the worst? Is this the worst performance in a in a milestone game?" And I reckon it might be. Yes, so. it'd be right up there. And, and to be honest, I have to dig deep back into. The memory bank of the the late nineties or mid to late nineties, how bad Hawthorne were before they. I mean, for the for the younger listeners out there, um, Hawthorne and Melbourne almost merged. Uh, that's how bad Hawthorne were on and off the field. And I, I'd have to go back to those days to think of a worse insipid display of um, teammanship. I think is the best word. They just did not want to work together, and obviously, yeah. Milestone game for a guy who's collectively, oh, yeah, he's had a fair, fair, fair bit to say in the three peak. Um, yeah, it was disappointing to say the least. Oh, it's it's the only thing I can think of, and it's not not anywhere near the same comparison. But um, Geelong did lose Enright's two fiftieth, I think it was, or maybe his three hundred. So that that was very poor. But this the, the lo- there's losing and then there's there's getting pumped, and and this yeah. was you know Port were playing in third gear, um, and they. They, they, they didn't care, so they took the foot off the gas. This that should have been a lot worse. And speaking of foot foot on the gas, um, Sydney murdered the West Coast Eagles. And hey, this is the only thing that made me a little bit more happy about the loss is that West Coast got absolutely pummeled. Well, they got murdered. I mean, the, so obviously Sydney, very good side, and, and we've spoken repeatedly about that. And and I think mm. that I think they're a chance to to shake the finals up pretty seriously. But I mean, what do you make of this West Coast? Twenty six points. I mean, they, they were a disgrace. Um, they're starting to they're starting to challenge St Kilda as the most disappointing team of the season. Yeah. Even if they scrape through to a finals berth, it's only going to be on the back of winning home games, which is a disgrace. It's this a disgrace. Is, I mean, the conditions look really good down in Geelong during the time they played. It didn't look like it was raining much or windy. Not like where I, where you and I live. I don't know what it was like where you are in Box Hill, but out in the out of east, it was horrible distance. And I was looking looking at some of the highlights and I. Look like perfect conditions down there for a flat track bully team that used to play narrow grounds. I thought they would at least got close. Yeah, I mean it was a disgrace. Um, yeah, it was a like disgrace. Good Sydney there playing some good footy. Like I think that 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 loss to Hawthorne was a big wake up call. To them. Yeah, I think so, and and I think that they know they're a real chance to 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 get to finals. Obviously, while well, they mm. play finals, but you know. In certain terms of like really pushing, um, yeah, maybe they should do finally get buddy that flag and 
He was really good too. He looked great. And then, so I want to talk about this game a little bit. So St Kilda, you can't read anything to this, you know. Yeah. Well, you can a little bit. They, they look a little bit better, a little bit more organised. Um, you know, Marshall and Ryder are working better together. There's, there's a bit in it, but... It is, until you give up 45-point lead. Yeah, and that's that's the thing. So, like... And that is the big elephant in the room. The big elephant in the room is that, so, um, Collingwood scored three goals to three-quarter time and then came back with with a very wet sail and, and tried to steal it. But so do you, uh, it's hard for the St Kilda supporters, like, I, I don't know. I, I, I just don't think they're going to be happy with the win. They're happy with the win, but you're not playing finals, let's be honest. And you're not going to sneak in there now. And, and, and we'll talk about you at the end of the year. But in terms of Collingwood, like I, I want to talk about this a little bit because it's pretty relevant now with, um, I'm going to say Alan Richardson, which, um, with, um, what's his name? Um, Famous and killed a player, Robert Harvey. Robert Harvey. So he, do you feel that the coaching now? So I actually think Collingwood are worse without Nathan Buckley now. Like normally when the coach leaves, like they get this burst of energy and they kind of have another crack and all that kind of stuff. Like they look shitter. They look more unorganized. They look. They've still got the boring aspect about them, and they've still got a very very slow lethargic defensive structure about them early on and that's why they scored three goals and they 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 win a game they'd like to win a game five goals to four but they want to play a soccer match but but it's it it they just don't look very organized they there's no real wholesale changes i mean unless harvey knows there's no way he's getting the job it's it doesn't seem like he's coaching for a job i don't or is he what do you think and that's the point I wanted to go to, and it, make, it makes a lot of sense now why he's been unsuccessful other coaching roles. People have talked to him up and, and how long he's done his tenure as an assistant um, at Collingwood. Uh, obviously, he was, a, he was a great player, but whether he's methodical playing naturally, Robert Harvey was never an excitement machine. He was just a, a ball magnet. Um, Workhorse. A very, very good user of it, obviously, Jill Brownlow medalist. And whether that's translated into his coaching philosophy, who knows? But it doesn't look like he has spark or a different way of doing things. It's, it's, it's like he, he's learned a system or two, and that's he's just trying to re implement it using different words because it's, it's so far, and it's only two games. I'm not going to jump off him yet, but it'd be nice to see something tactically different. In, in, in the last few rounds before uh, before the season now, just to see if he actually has that ability because you need to. We're, we're seeing it with lots of coaches um, like Scotty at, at Geelong. He he was we, – we canned him for, for not having a, a plan B and C and all of a sudden he's got lots of plans to, to manoeuvre and work with because he's had to because um, his job relies on it. Um, yeah. And if you don't have that ability to, to move the times and, and, and change game plans, not only between seasons or through a season, but during a game now because things can happen um, really quickly as we've seen throughout this year and last year. But do you think, I mean, like, is, I mean, is it boring? Like, still, I, I, do, do you think he wants the job? I mean, it seems pretty dire. I don't think he wants that job at Con. I think that he, 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 having insider information, just knows how... Um, how much pressure that would bring. Yeah. I think if an offer came to another cl- to go and, and take another club, whether that be Gold Coast in a few years or Freeman or whatever, St Kilda, who, who wow. else, no, it could be anyone. I, I think then he might um, put his hand up and uh, at least see if he could 
get an interview and throw his hat in the ring uh, from what I've seen so far and then looking in past history there's obviously something about his coaching style that's probably not quite up to AFL standards if if the Gold Coast in a few years are looking at Robert Harvey as a coach they may as well shut the doors I, I, I think he's he's been in the system for a long time if he really was going to be that Head coach, surely he would have got offered something now, or at least been in the mix of it. I mean, wow, that's dire. <laughs> Imagine that another wheel to run around before we finally get rid of him again, and then go go down the path of another I mean, person. He might, he, might have, he might have that last thing on his uh, to do list: be a head coach AFL. All right, Gold Coast want me I'm taking it. Don't care if I'm there for a year or, or ten. Just tick that little goal off my my goal list. Well, Stuart Jew, I mean, wow, like there, there were other jobs that he was offered that he turned down. So, I, I anyway, he, he wanted to take the poison jealous that is the Gold Coast Sun. But we've had this chat. He's got a free, free steak in yeah, Hamburgers, yeah. yeah. He gets <laughs> a free, pick, free, gets a free uh, pick and whistle uh, voucher with every meal, every um, game. He's uh, got his own sort of lucky fan waiting for him at home games. Yeah, he has a food truck at home. Uh, <laughs> so harsh. But yeah, I think. Um, Oh, look, I, I don't know. I'd, I'd find Collingwood supremely boring and unwatchable and... and, and boring as the colours on their Guernsey. And at least with Bucks, it was like there were some tactical interesting elements, but at least this was just bland and cardboard. So I, I, I don't know what he's doing there, but he's definitely not selling it. And then the last game, obviously, Western Bulldogs beat North, who North actually did put up a decent fight. Um, mm. they, they didn't allow themselves to get murdered, but they obviously you know, were still down at every break. Uh and then look, and you look, know North Melbourne would have been. Uh, sorry, the doggies were looking ahead to this round and probably weren't playing at full tilt. They just and that's what good teams do um, when it's this time of year and they've, and they've got themselves in a good position. Is they get the opposition at arm's length and just hold them there. It's not about they don't obviously need the percentage anymore. They're just got to keep bagging wins to secure top two and be yeah ready to go come finals time. So. Yeah. Well, the dogs are so far in front. They're going to probably finish top of the ladder with um, Melbourne's form. I reckon Melbourne are going to lose mm-hmm. a few more games. I actually think it'll go dogs, Brisbane at two, and Geelong at three. I reckon. S- I reckon Sydney are a chance for four. If if Port keep falling apart a bit and not no, being as convincing, you'd think Port probably have it. Yeah, just that percentage. Like they 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 could probably equal on points because they've got. What are they got? Two games on Sydney. So I could see, thing. I could see I, West Coast choking and, and falling yeah, out of the I, eight. I think the top Richmond coming five, in. I think the five top five as they are at the moment stay in the top five, just in a different order. Yeah. Um. I, I agree. I reckon Richmond sneak their way back in, and, and West Coast could be that team that comes out there. They're, they're, they're looking really shaky. They're like horrendous. Well, if they play anywhere like they do on the weekend, they're cool. Um. And then so let's do our tips for round seventeen. So we have Port Adelaide. And the demons on the Thursday night. Jeez, this this we'll talk about like impacting the eight because uh, yeah. it's fourth versus second. So wh- what do we think here? Well, so obviously Melbourne's still tinkering with that fourth. Only Ben Brown back in. Ben um, Brown. Funny they said oh, we touted this game. Like no, you didn't. You, you just need to get something happening because you're looking pretty shabby. Um, <laughs> and Port Adelaide looked to have regained. I know it was against Hawthorne, but they just look a little bit more structured in their, their ball movement and they get, is it Butters or Dersma back as well? Yeah, I believe so. so. Yeah, so um, so both teams with some good ends. Uh, Adelaide over, I'm going with Port. Port for me too, just. 
Um, but you know, I yes. think I could see Melbourne bouncing back, and that's the thing. It'd be funny. I could see them doing this kind of thing and then losing a few other ones they should win. But yeah, of course, yeah. Um, I'll go Port right now, and then Essen and uh, Adelaide on the Friday night. Adelaide end up at a Friday night game. Um, Essendon have been good to watch this year. This could be an yeah. interesting game, but I think, you know, the Crows were actually pretty good last um, round, as much as they did lose by a lot. But just a bit more polished, a bit more class at um, Essendon at the moment, so I'll, I'll go with the Bomb Race. Along with Brisbane and, and the Doggies and probably Geelong, they're, they're the four teams I like watching at the moment. They're, they've just got a really good brand of football. Yeah, and I think they'll bounce back after the loss against Geelong. And then Hawthorne, Frio in Tassie. Yeah, in Tassie. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to... Back in my back in the Hawks down there, Freo looking shaky, and they don't tend to play that well down in in um, Lonnie. So I'll, I'll, I'll give my Hawks one more chance for the. I could see Clarko as well. That horrible, horrible display last week. Be funny, Clarko winning every game from here and winning them well. That that would be very Clarko. Uh, <laughs> I I will go. I will go Hawthorne as well. And then the Blues versus the Cats at the G. Uh, at the funny old time of four thirty-five, what do we think? One, one, one way, one way straight cats. I can't yeah. see. Um, I, I cannot see the Blues getting within Kui, especially if um, Cripps is out with that little foot injury that he's got. Well, it'll shake their confidence because not that there's too much confidence, but at least they finally got those two wins in a row. And then if they mm. get pumped, it's going to look pretty bad. But yeah, Cats for me, and I think they should they should win by a bit. And then um, Brisbane. Uh, St Kilda. Has this been? Has this match actually been confirmed? Where it's going to be? Let me just quickly have a look online. I actually don't. No, think... I, I don't. I, look, he'd be played in the moon. I'm going Brisbane. Yeah, Brisbane. I just. I'm just curious to see whether yeah, it's been. It would be nice to know. I think it sure. might be up there. Oh, here we go. So, so and Saints. Saints. No. I can't say it, sorry. Yeah, no. push somewhere. Push oh, no, there. hang on, hang on. No, no. It's all, everyone's, all this press is about round 18. No, no, I need to know. I need to know this one first. Well, the, calm down. Let's let's figure out the, the initial one first. No, I can't, I can't see it. Anyway, who cares? Uh, Brisbane for me. And speaking of um, interstellar games, Mars Stadium, the Giants versus the Gold Coast Suns. How many games are in this round? Jesus. One, two, three, four. How many teams are there? I... <laughs> That sends it a lot of games. Five days of football. It extends. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Do you think Giants, Gold Coast will be a busted ass? I would say it will be a busted ass. But do you think Giants win this by a lot of busted? Yeah, yeah. Giants. Giants for me, um, they'll probably get about 10 people out at Mars. Okay. Um, four, Four Martians there. I'll go for the Giants. And then Dogs Sydney 2016 rematch at Marvel. Close game. And part of me wants to go with the upset. This could be a good Swans. game. Yeah. The Swannies could upset in this. Yeah. But I'll go with Dogs. I'll go with Dogs. But dogs I'm not now. I will not be surprised if Sydney get up and win this. I think this could be the this could be a really nice grudge win. And mm. Sydney then sticking with the notion of trying to get to fourth, but I reckon they they screwed that. They just screwed some of those wins, uh, losses. Sorry, earlier in the year. That, yeah. Anyway, um, and then Richmond Collingwood at the G. Well, this is probably going to be the well Richmond. If Richmond get pumped in this, I mean, yeah, wow. The, the heat will be pretty hot, even though they've obviously had a very successful era, but they still have quite a successful team. So, yeah, I'll, I'll go Richmond, but, yeah, I mean, against the uh, boring pies. And then, yeah, gee, wow, who's, who's going to watch this on the Monday night? Is this, who, who, aside from Eagles fans, who is watching this? Eagles North. Wow. 
Well, totally. but, well, this is our back it up to just say, yeah, North Melbourne don't stand a chance. They will probably win this game by 80 points. After the way they played, I think they would have got baked during the week and said there's no way we're going out of the season like this. Um, yeah. Surely. So I think they'll, they'll get um, they'll get given a, a high. It would be hilarious if North won this game. Um, it would be well, fantastic. be good for football and be hilarious. For Richmond, Richmond would love. Richmond would be pretty excited for if they win. Be very excited if West Coast start really choking and, and falling apart. Um, so that is that is the round seventeen. We will be back next week. Round eighteen looks like it's been sort of semi-defined, and then and then we're on the home stretch now. We've only got a few more rounds to go, and then finally into finals. I just think, uh, yeah, wow, it's just too long of a season to be honest. We say this every year, but it's um, just that sort of two to three weeks too long. But anyway. Yeah. It is what it is. All of us. Hopstone.com.au. Drink fresh, delicious craft beer. Uh, if you're Clarko, look out for your money that will be <laughs> coming say, in a we'll big suitcase. Wayne checks that are coming in the mail. There'll yep. probably be six waiting for you at the PO box that you've got. Yep. Keep your head down. There'll be a lot of them. Uh, all the best. Take care. Now, there's, oh, look, it's a pretty interesting week. Um, yeah. Wow. I mean,. And, and it's going to be talking that's for the after the rest of the year talking points. It's talking point all year now. It's talking point until next year. And well, unless we get confirmation earlier, it, it's a huge deal. So yeah, all the best. Take care. Nice. We will Thanks, talk guys. to you next week. Goodbye. Bye.